Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Luck We Had, a shameless recap podcast. I'm your host, Amanda, and this is our very first episode, the pilot of Season 1, Episode 1 of Shameless, simply titled Pilot. Now, for anyone confused, we will be recapping the U.S. version of Shameless, the one that started airing in January of 2011 on Showtime. So let me introduce all of you to our special guest this week, Evan. All right, so we're recording. Yay! Yay! Hi, everybody. Welcome to The Luck We Had, a Shameless Recap Podcast, where me and my special guest today, Evan... Hello. We're going to go through and watch the first episode. We have watched the first episode of Shameless, and we're going to give our opinions, because I've... So I watched this when it premiered. When did you start watching Shameless? So I watch shameless like when it was airing from like the first couple seasons because my mom really watched it so like i would watch see it in passing but i was still so young that she was like this show is not for you oh yeah so i so i knew like who mickey and ian were and i knew who like fiona was and stuff but i myself didn't start watching the show probably until i was a freshman in high school so was that like 20 15? Yeah, so 2015. Oh, you cut me deep just then, Evan. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when me and you actually started talking because you saw me start posting about it and yeah. then you slid in my DMs and you were like, Mickey. <laughs> and I was like, yes. <laughs> oh my God, that makes me sound so creepy. Evan was friends with my sister. That is how I knew yes. him. <laughs> <laughs> me, and, me and you have known each other since like 2014. Yeah. And <laughs> so we go way back. It's, yes. not, it's, it's not creepy at all, we promise. So yeah, I'm so, almost 20 years old. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, the pilot of Shameless aired on January 9th, 2011. Uh, it was written by Paul Abbott, who did the original series in the UK, and John Wells. I have many feelings about John Wells. I'm going to squelch them. <laughs> uh, this episode was directed by Mark Myloid. And the synopsis of the episode is... Drunken father Frank is of no use to his dysfunctional family. Fiona meets a handsome stranger when her purse is stolen. Lip is shocked to discover his brother Ian is gay. Which, let's be honest, when I watched the first episode, I was like, this is okay, it's fun. Ooh, there's a gay one. And that's it. That's why I was there. Yep. There we are. Uh, Sucks everyone in. Oh my god, yes. So, we're gonna go through this scene by scene as much as we can and give our lovely notes on everything that happened so we open on upon further reflection i've watched the episode twice now i'm gonna try Mm -hmm. not to give any spoilers for later in the series um but i've watched the episode twice now and i don't think the bonfire scene was necessary it made no sense to me like i get it like they used it kind of as like the introduction to like kind of like do like the inner monologues of each character yeah but realistically those neighbor the neighbors never hung out no they didn't they didn't do anything like that at all throughout the rest of the show it literally never happens it's crazy and like yeah and uh as we go further in the episode i'll i'll say it again but like the everything that we learned about those characters we learned through the episode we didn't need it flat out told to us yeah like they basically like summed up the episode in the first five minutes and then just went into everything we just learned. Yeah. I think it maybe have been because uh, William H. Macy was their big ticket name and they wanted to get mm. him in the first scene because Frank doesn't show up until late in the episode. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So they, we open on the bonfire and Frank's 
iconic mm-hmm. now speech introducing everybody. Mm-hmm. The, crea- the qualities of Fiona. Huge help. Best qualities of her mother. Not a raging bitch. Hi. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Lip, smart as a whip, gets straight A's, but also runs from the cops, apparently. Yeah. Ian, industrious ambitious got a great worth work ethic he's a paratrooper and my note was cute little baby he's a baby oh my god he is baby (laughs) (laughs) debbie sent by god total angel and once again i will be squelching all of my spoilery feelings about debbie and i will just look at her as first episode (laughs) first episode debbie yes (laughs) i will continue to do that every episode by episode is how we're judging people uh, Liam's gonna be a star. Even okay, that's all he knows about yeah. Liam. Yeah. <laughs> Carl, he doesn't know much about Carl, but he loves animals. And then we see a blowtorch, which means Carl seems to be a little bit of trouble. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin V. Kevin V. Probably have the best opening cutaway. Pegging, they really do. Just pegging in leather. That's it. <laughs> I love them so much. Like. Okay, we're opening with pegging and leather. That's what we're doing. And then Frank Gallagher, father, teacher, mentor. All right, so that is the opening speech we get summarizing all of these brand new characters we've just started to meet. Now and of we- course, after all that, please show up because what is shameless without cops ruining everything? Yes. And uh, coincidentally, it's the pilot, so I guess this is normal for most TV shows, but there's no title sequence. We get a song. Oh, yeah. I totally didn't even realize that when I was watching it last night. When the police come, there's like a song underneath that sort of sounds like what this theme song ends up being. But there's no theme song. There's no opening. That title sequence is not in the I totally didn't even realize that. Yeah. Uh, Which I guess, again, is like normal for pilots. You you make what you have, and then if it sticks, then you do a whole... Yeah, then you add in all the little cute quirky stuff. Yeah, so we just get a shameless title card, and then we're in the Gallagher home. I think this was a really smart way to introduce the layout of the Gallagher home to us. And once again, Mm -hmm. if they had cut... If it had started cold in the Gallagher house with Fiona waking up wearing no bra because nobody ever wears a bra on this show. Nipples out. <laughs> nipples out. Emmy Russell, natural hair, nipples out. It's great. <laughs> so if they had started the episode just cold Fiona waking everybody up, I would have been in. Like, we didn't really need to know anything about them. Because, mm-hmm. like, she's obviously not old enough to be, like, Ian and Lip's parent. So, like, yeah. these must be siblings living together. What is, she's like what like very early 20s she's, when the show starts out she's 22 23 i think this show is okay. a weird relationship with time don't is even it? get me started about liam don't <laughs> even get me started okay. We're, okay. okay we're getting ahead of ourselves we're, we're pulling back we're pulling back to the first episode so we're in the gallagher home fiona calls them all monkeys which is the cutest thing ever and wakes her. them all up i have in my notes no bra no bra no bra no, no bra <laughs> this woman rarely ever wears a bra on the show and emmy russell is a goddess <laughs> you're not wrong about that so she's waking everybody up for school and once again in my notes babies these children are babies i love them and fiona throws down a box on the on the kitchen table to collect money for the bills uh for elect the electric bills and while they're all doing that we see her like fill a milk jug with water so like it's a good way to establish this is the way a typical morning for this low-income family just pulling together to get through. Like, this is how this goes. Yeah, like, this is the norm for them. It's not like just one day they were like, 
oh shit, let's all put all this money in. We need bills. No, this they've been living like this for a while. Yeah, they this, have a routine. They know what they're doing. Yeah, this is a Tuesday or a Thursday. Like this is and I one thing I noticed in that scene where they're like all throwing in money, Ian refers to Frank and he calls him dad. And like that happens a few times in this episode. Characters call Frank dad, which is like yeah like he's already super distant regardless of what we know about him yet and it can, you can already kind of tell like like the way the kids act that like he's obviously not that large of a father figure for them i guess they were just trying to establish like their actual relationship with him so yeah. they were like dad and then they were like never mind they, they don't like him that much <laughs> <laughs> yeah like which is it's so funny because ian's like oh i need a signature from dad for the field trip and so and debbie grabs it and just forges it because everyone can do a yeah. signature and then we probably get, not even that good of a signature <laughs> yeah. and then we get the cutaway of fiona putting the chair on the front of the washer and it's like clock that remember that for later and mm-hmm. I love the line from Debbie to Carl uh, when they're all throwing it in. They're like $18 short. And she's like, Carl, you're almost nine. You're going to have to start pulling your weight. <laughs> you can tell this family's already going through it. Yeah. and like Especially Le- when they're asking a nine-year-old for rent. Yeah. And Debbie takes Liam in for show and tell because I just don't have child care. Yeah. <laughs> first of all, I, what school is she going to that just lets her bring in her little baby brother? <laughs> I was like so confused because she just like bundles it up and takes him to school. And I'm like, Okay. <laughs> if it works, it works. Showing the birthmark on his back, it looks like Latvia. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, this is it. This is how the Gallaghers take care of each other. Scene one. And one thing mm-hmm. I did note, the cameramen in the first season have fun and they get creative with shit. Like, this, the shot from inside of the washer and the shot of Lip's foot pedaling the bike that he steals when he leaves the house. Mm-hmm. The cameramen are having fun. They're having a good time. I like it. I like. The, I. I feel like they have a really strong way of like how they film the show too, and like it doesn't just feel like you're watching like a normal TV show. Like it follows them a lot, and like it does like super cool like shots, like you're saying with like the bike, and then when they're running and shit, they like have a pan all around. Like I, they do. They have pretty good camera work for like the second season, and then I feel like throughout later in the season, it kind of just became like one just steady camera for a yeah. lot of it. Yeah, it it devolves, but, like, they were having fun with it in the first season, and, like, that's why in later seasons when there's an episode that's, like, family-centric or whatever, I'm like, oh, remember the first season? Pulling it back. So the next scene, we see Fiona walking into a stadium because she had mentioned at breakfast she was covering for somebody. So this is one of her many jobs. And a theme mm-hmm. that I see through this episode, every time Fiona's at a job, it's because she's covering for another woman who had to go take care of her kids. So it's like, women supporting women. Yeah. <laughs> women overworking women. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, her kid's co-worker has a bail hearing, so she goes and fills in for her, and she deals with some sexist piece of shit. At, of course she's serving him a hot dog and he makes a penis joke because he's so and she's clever. like she's short she isn't she like in like a ref kind of like she's in like almost like a sports bar kind of like yeah she's wearing situation. a little visor she's got an apron on like she's working at a stadium leave her leave food service workers alone leave her alone yeah leave them alone leave women leave women alone <laughs> And then he makes the the oh-so-classy remark talking to his friend of whether or not he would bang her because apparently that's an option for him. Mm. He's like, nope, project girls don't abort. You're a classy dude. You're a classy dude. Thanks for that great comment. (laughs) He probably has a really small dick. Yeah. So speaking of dicks, we cut from... (laughs) Ayo! We cut from Fiona at the stadium to Lip walking up to Karen and Sheila's house. And let me just say, enter patron St. Joan Cusack. 
Getting Joan Cusack for this show was the smartest thing this show ever did until this show hired Noel Fisher. This show, Joan Cusack, Sheila is a precious Sheila? little angel. <laughs> I, I, like, I feel like Sheila is just one of the top tier characters of this show. Yeah, there is nothing wrong with Sheila. There has never been anything wrong with Sheila. <laughs> Sheila is perfect. She's literally the most innocent, like, actually, maybe not the most innocent, just we'll, we, we'll, we'll talk about yeah. that later. So, but- Lip, she opens the door <laughs> and she pull, she gives Lip a bag to put his shoes in because she is OCD and she is afraid to leave the house. So she likes yeah, to keep she the house a lot clean. Going on. So she makes him take off his shoes. So he goes in and he sits at the table and he's tutoring Karen, her daughter, uh, Karen Jackson, this character that we've now been introduced to. And we get to learn a little bit more about Lip. Like, he's tutoring this girl and he's coming up with these uh, equations. And he's Lip is a smart kid. And this is how we learn that. Yeah. Because, like, you assume, like, from the opening is that you're like, oh, all these kids probably are, like, fucking up and they don't go to school and they're probably just, like, dilly-dallying. But, no, dude, we, lo- we find out that Lip is literally, like, a genius. Yeah, like, Lip is he, super smart. He's the smartest is super kid smart. in his grade. What? Is, what is him and he's probably what a junior? I think, or is he a sophomore? Cam was fifteen, so Ian was supposed to be fifteen. I think Lip is supposed to be sixteen or seventeen. Mm-hmm. I think because so that probably puts him what like sophomore junior. Sophomore junior, yeah. Uh, depending on if he got held back whenever, I don't know. Again, time. Yeah, who knows? Timing makes no, doesn't, is not real and shameless. Yeah. (laughs) So he's sitting at the table, he's tutoring Karen, and Karen, I am not slut-shaming Karen, but Karen is a hoe. Karen's a hoe. Karen's a big old hoe. (laughs) And more power to her. And that's putting that loosely. Yeah. Be a hoe if you want to be a hoe, Karen. She gets on her knees in her dining room with her mom in the kitchen, her mom's literally in the away. kitchen making them, like, what, like, mixed drinks or, like, a beer or something? Yeah. <laughs> Sheila is four feet away watching a cooking show, and Karen is on her knees blowing lip under the table. And he tells mm-hmm. her, I'm still going to have to charge you for this. <laughs> <laughs> we, I love lip. <laughs> I love, I love Philip Gallagher, that boy. I love him. I have my, in my note, Karen, your mother is right there. It literally in all caps. Yeah. And then so while this, both of the actors, I think Jeremy Allen White might have been 18 because we do see his ass in like the next scene. So he might have been 18, but and I don't know how old the actress that played Karen was. But like while she is on her knees servicing Lip, we get shots around Sheila's house of clowns, clowns, clowns. There's clowns everywhere where the fuck yeah they're like little decor and i'm like what is she like what (laughs) little tchotchkes all around this like otherwise very clean very it's like they're still in the south side but you can tell that like they make a little bit more money they're a little bit more together they're they're a little more proper than the gallagher's might be their house is no bigger than the gallagher's in fact it might be a little smaller than the gallagher's yeah it, it definitely seems smaller because like they have the living room the kitchen and then there's the basement and then upstairs there's only like it's like Sheila's room and um like Karen's room and like a bathroom like it's yeah. the upstairs is super tiny yeah like the size of Sheila's dining room and kitchen is the size of the Gallagher kitchen like yeah the Gallagher kitchen is insane yeah. and they have like a bar and then they also have like a full table like I'm surprised they fucking could afford that for and being where fact, they are so everybody knows that they shoot, they do a week in Chicago every time that they shoot. So all the exteriors 
are in Chicago, but the mm-hmm. interior of the Gallagher house has always been a set in Los Angeles. Yeah. So that's why like, it's the actual like, house is a thing. And like, I, I always love seeing people take photos out front of it. Yeah. And there's like, um, I've actually seen photos is that the person who actually lives in that house, they have a sign and they're like, you're welcome to take photos, but you can leave some money if you want. <laughs> <laughs> and you I know, was like, honestly, that's, I, I would, I'd make some money. Like I wouldn't let people just do that for free, especially like how popular of a show that is. Oh yeah. I'd say $5 to take a picture here and like <laughs> yeah. power to you. All right, so the next, I made in my note, the next scene that we cut to after clowns, clowns, clowns. (laughs) I'm reading it right now. (laughs) You know what I didn't need to see? Lips cum stain boxers. (laughs) Because, like, even if Jeremy Allen White was over 18, Lip is a child. Lip is a full child. Yeah, they're all babies. They're all babies. So he's doing, he's, so we see he's in a room. He shares a room with Carl and, Carl and Liam. And Ian, no, he shares a room with Carl and Ian because Le- because Liam is Le- in the room with Debbie. Debbie's room. Yeah, yeah. So in the boys' so shared room, Lip room. is Lip is trying to stash his ruined boxers, and Fiona runs in in a cute little like going out dress and her t- her towel wrapped around her head with a toothbrush hanging out of her mouth because she's a cute, cute, cute girl. Uh, she bursts in looking for deodorant because they share deodorant. Uh, and she tries to do a load of laundry, but she's going to go out. Her and V, her next-door neighbor, Veronica, are going to go out and have a good time and have a girl's night. They're going to have a great time. Because they earned it. Fiona tells V to leave the tag on her dress so that it can go back tomorrow. And V, and this is how we learn that V is just as south side as Fiona. She's like, girl, I stole a tag gun when I worked at TJ Maxx. I will put this back on later. I was like, she just that rips that tag off her dress. <laughs> So Fiona yells to Lip that she brought home leftovers for work, and she's she leaves because she's gonna go have a good time because she has earned it. Yes, so, she has. like you said, Lip stashes his underwear behind the dresser because boys are gross. Boys are nasty. I don't know if you were aware of that, but boys are gross. Boys, boys are fucking nasty, and I'm speaking for us boys. We're gross. You gross. Uh, and so he finds Ian's terribly hidden gay, gay, gay porn. Dude, um, like he, there's so many other places he could have put that. Also, like, it's two thousand. It's two thousand eleven, and he has cut out from porn magazine gay porn. Like, oh, you I feel like it's more sketchy buying actual porn magazines these days than literally just googling like a penis yeah. on like anywhere. Although <laughs> it was established in the first scene that they must share a family phone. With like, it's like one of those t- like T-Mobile like with the minutes. Oh yeah, it. I for- yeah I remember because they're like, I need the phone. <laughs> yeah, they share a phone, which must mean they share a family computer. So like, I get it. He goes analog for his porn. Uh, so <laughs> Lip looks, Lip looks at the porn and then hides it away because Ian comes in in his baby. Ian comes in in his baby ROTC clothes. He is He's so tiny in the first season. <laughs> His freckles all over his face. Cameron Monaghan was an infant. He was 15 years old. His hair was so orange. It was so just like, his hair was like a mess. It was just like, like he looked like Beaker from the Muppets. (laughs) (laughs) Or Meep or whatever his name is. So, so we have this like, yeah, lip looking at Ian, like, cause now he knows, he knows Ian's baby gay secret. He knows. Uh, and we cut to, this is how we know it is 2011. 303 is playing at the club. Also, Emmy Russum is hot. 
She's uh, so hot. She's so <laughs> hot. So she's on the dance floor and she's dancing around and she's having a good time holding her purse in a way that no woman holds a purse in a nightclub. Mm-mm. Holding an enormous purse that no woman takes to a nightclub. Yeah, I don't like what is she carrying in there? She doesn't have a phone. She doesn't really have like I've never seen her with a wallet. Like yeah. what what's in that bag? And even <laughs> if she does, tell me Veronica doesn't have a tiny little like clutch that she could have grabbed. It's this enormous I'm going to the grocery store purse that she's and got. And V gives me those like I'm a shove everything in my boobs vibe too. Oh, for sure. V's got a credit card and her phone and her boobs and she's not intending yeah. to pay for a single drink she is getting to this for her. <laughs> so Fiona's dancing and having a good, a good time and a creepy guy makes a move on her and snatches her purse and runs away. And that is when we get our first look at Steve. Steve! Enter Steve! My guy, my guy, my guy! Steve goes running after this guy and tackles a waitress <laughs> and spills <laughs> the drinks everywhere and the man gets away. And V, I love V. She's like, did you see him? Stupid, but man, heroic. (laughs) And uh, he introduces himself. This is Steve. He had been looking at Fiona. He wanted to buy her a drink. So they try to go back in the club, but the very bad bouncer actor man, uh, he's a terribly bad actor. And the writing in the scene is terrible. He's like, "Uh, I'm banning you for drugs. Like... (laughs) Yeah, just, like, trying to come up with some stitch so they just couldn't go back into the the club or whatever. I feel like they could have taken another five minutes casting that bouncer, because that actor was not awesome. They could have used literally probably any other person. <laughs> <laughs> that actor was not awesome. So Steve punches the bouncer man and runs do. away and moons him from across the street. And, and of course, V and Fiona think that's the funniest coolest cutest thing in the entire world so they're eating that shit up they love it they're 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 so into it v is shaking her ass and they're running away and it's great uh so then we cut back to carl lip and ian's room it's bedtime lip is carl is asleep in the bunk bed and lip is on the top bunk looking down at ian who's on his phone or something i don't know and he brags about getting a hummer from karen jackson which might have been the first time i heard blowjob referred to as a hummer that's, I, yeah, I don't think I've ever heard a blowjob, like, be considered a hummer. Maybe queer as folk used hummer at some point. I'm gonna, I'm gonna look up, like, uh, Urban Dictionary. <laughs> For a hummer. He got a hummer from Karen Jackson. <laughs> I looked up hummer in a fucking, like, the hummer truck. Ugly ass truck. <laughs> so, Lip jumps up, because Lip is clearly trying to extract information from Ian about sexual experience so lip is like i got a blowjob today you ever gotten a blowjob and they like share a joint because they just have joints in their room and uh, then lip pulls out the porn and throws it on the bed and fuck you lip ian looks so sad yeah like i i couldn't tell from that scene from the beginning if lip was gonna be like homophobic and be like oh what what's this yeah but like he just like slowly just pulls it out and just shows it to him like i didn't understand i feel like they definitely could have like used that scene more or used made it more angsty or made it more sweet because like we do come back on this topic between them but i feel like that was just like a really weird way to be like oh by the way i know yeah because ian mentioned that ian has gotten a blowjob before and lips like fuck you you would have told me unless you got blown by a dude and like I get it. He's a teenage boy and he's not going to handle things right. But like, fuck you, Lip. 
Like, this is your brother. Like, yeah. I know you guys have brotherly beef and brotherly love, but at the same time, like, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> but it's also 2011, and, like, you know how yeah. being gay and shit like that, like, before, like, any time before, like, 2017, everyone still basically looked at it as, like, oh, you're gay? Fuck you. Like, now, yeah. now it's 2020, and everyone's just like, eh. I'm a little gay. <laughs> yeah, everyone's a little gay, honestly. Everyone's a little gay in 2020. So, Sorry, I don't make the rules. So then we cut downstairs to uh, V nursing Steve's wounds, which is a nice natural way in this conversation to let us know V's got a little bit of medical experience. Mm-hmm. V's kind of a nurse, but she's also a scammer, just like the Gallagher's, because she steals medical supplies and sells it on eBay. And then also in that scene, this this scene is why I think the bonfire scene at the beginning was unnecessary because in this scene fiona it's we're introducing the new character to the family that is steve and fiona Mm -hmm. introduces the entire family to this character and we've gotten now like 20 minutes to get to know all of these characters and know a little bit about them and now we're getting a formal introduction through the through the process of a new character so we learn that lip is short for philip which is the weirdest fucking name yeah like i get it but like Lip. Like, at, this like point, lip. at this point, I'm used to it, but I remember watching it. And I was like, his name's Lip? They call him Lip? It's, yeah, I kind of just, like, ignored it. I yeah. was just like, it's his name. It, good for him. Yeah. <laughs> so then Kev walks in and sees his girlfriend tending to this shirtless man's wounds. But Kev doesn't seem threatened at all and pokes fun at Steve. He's like, oh, the bouncer that you hit, you'll be his third conviction. i love kev i think kev is probably one of my favorite characters in the early seasons i i very much love kev like kev is kevin v's relationship in the first season is so very sweet and no it really is yeah and uh so and then we also see carl like gives a little grunt or whatever and debbie is valuing the price of steve's watch that's laying on the table (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so we learned Debbie's got a Debbie's got a head on her too. Debbie's a smart girl too. And everything that she's said so far and everything we've learned about her has been like money related. Like in the opening thing, it's like she collects for UNICEF and you know, sometimes she gives it to them. And then she tells Carly needs to pull his weight and get a job, and then she's looking at the amount that Steve's watch cost, and like Debbie's the financial head of the family. She's apparently. a hustler. <laughs> Uh, so we get a moment of all the family sitting together around injured Steve. And then Fiona says, all right, kids, time for bed. Up the wooden hill, which is the cutest. She is baby. I, like, I love her. The cutest way to say to go to bed. Up, go up the wooden hill, kids. So Kevin V, get up and leave. All the kids go to bed. And Kevin V walk home and V spins this yarn of a lie about Steve and then we figure out it's a lie and Kev's like oh you were you just made all that up you're just making fun of me and like that's that established their relationship is so sweet yeah it just it showed their dynamic and how like they kind of just like just don't give a fuck they just bounce off each other it's like oh Kevy baby you're a little bit dumb but it's fine I love you (laughs) (laughs) and he's like don't call me dumb and she's like oh but you're my dumb idiot it's fine I love them. I know. They're they're really, really sweet. So they go home, and then we cut back to the Gallagher house. It's Everything is going quiet. All the kids are in bed. Steve and Fiona are in the kitchen all alone, and he, like, takes it all in while she cleans up around the house. They're being all cute and flirty, 
and this is where we learn that Steve's got away with words. Steve, mm. Steve can talk his way into anything. He says he's been watching her for a while, which is like a little bit creepy, but also a little bit hot. Does it like pan back to like when they're in the club and it's like him on like the upper part of the club, like looking down on her dancing? Yeah. And like, so he, and then he has some like weird little like stalking tendencies, but like it's coming from a good place. Yeah. (laughs) And he's like, a lot of good things in life get stopped by two word sentences. I can't, we shouldn't. What if? And like, it's so very smooth. Um, but then he also adds in, because, like, they're getting closer and closer and the sexual tension is building. And you can sort of hear her pull down the zipper of his pants. And you hear, <laughs> I love hearing him say that. He's like, tell me to stop and I'll stop. That's right. Consent. We, we love, love consent. consent. Especially in 2011. Yes. And Justin Chatwin and Emmy Russell's chemistry is off the charts. Like It's insane. Like, just watching them work together, like, it astounds me. And, like, I remember, I know that they did, like, a shitty, like, teen movie together a few <laughs> years back. But, like... I didn't know about that. They've got the they've got the best chemistry on this show. It's wild. Uh, so they start making out. And then, what did you say? The note that you had about the, the kitchen sex? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, I don't remember. Oh, my God. But... Loud, begin, loud like, kitchen sex. Oh, loud, loud. Yeah, that's the opening, uh, like, remarks you have is just yeah. loud, loud kitchen sex. Hot, <laughs> loud kitchen floor sex. And this show doesn't know what a condom is. I don't know. No, it does not. Because he just... Right, he just goes right into it. And we're... They're fucking they really on the, do. They're fucking on the sink. They're fucking on the floor. Um, and then my favorite part is that it doesn't, it's not going too well for them. And like the uh, position's a little awkward. And so basically like Steve's just sitting on the floor of the kitchen at this point. With his so, bare ass. With his bare ass <laughs> on the dirty floor. Yeah. And then Fiona's basically just like riding him. And so then he's trying to like get his like, get his I don't know, I guess <laughs> get his ground, like ground himself or something. But man's like puts his hand like in the drawer and then Fiona just having a great time yeah. accidentally closes it and just like slams his hand in the drawer mid fuck and he like freaks the fuck out and like she like gets off of him and stuff. And I just, yeah, he, like, he, he slams like, his he slams his hand, he's like, ow, 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 and she's like, almost, almost. <laughs> she doesn't give a fuck. She's here for a good time, not a long time. <laughs> uh, oh my god. So, that, that that scene is just so funny to me because like the buildup for it was so sensual and like I've been waiting to like get be with you. And then it's just like it's not great. It's like really messy. He gets hurt. They get interrupted, like... But it's, like, still super hot. Like, it was... And tits are just, like, out, too, by the way. Tits out. Tits out in the kitchen. Tits out in the kitchen. We fucking in the kitchen, kids. All right, so they're fucking. They're fucking. And... They're fucking. Then the doorbell rings or someone knocks on the door. They're knocking on the back door. They're announcing themselves as the police. Fiona freaks out and runs upstairs. What? She freaks out and runs upstairs. down there. And then Steve... Pulls up his pants and answers the door. Steve, why are you answering the door? This is not your house. Literally, why are you answering the door at a house that is literally not yours? And you were mid-fuck on the kitchen floor. And you open the door for the police. And, like, what's the time limit? Like, I mean, not time limit. Like, what time is it? It's probably, like, maybe, like, two in the morning. Probably. Probably two. Yeah. So he opens the back door and we meet Officer Tony, who is dragging a very drunk 
babbling Frank into I the house. I love Tony so much. Poor, poor little Tony. We uh, love Tony. They drag a very drunk Frank into the house, and Fiona's like, well, that killed the mood. See you later, Steve. Goodbye. And yeah. th- throughout all that ruckus, Steve had caught a glimpse of Liam. So Steve was like, oh, who's the little one? And she's like, that is, that's my brother. It's not my kid. So Frank gets dragged in, and that's the lead balloon in the moment, and it ruins the moment, and it's like, yes, this is the burden I have to take care of. Get the fuck out of my house, Steve. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she shoes him away, and then Steve leaves, and when he goes to get in his car, every Gallagher child is in the boy's window, just watching him like a hawk from the Because you know they fucking were not quiet at all in that kitchen. Oh, no. And plus, you know those kids weren't asleep regardless when she told them they, they were You asleep. had just put them to bed, and now you're having loud kitchen floor fucking. Yeah, like, watching that episode, they they aren't quiet, and they don't, <laughs> they're not quiet. So all the kids, the very protective Gallagher clan, is watching Steve like a hawk from the upstairs window as he gets in his car and drives away. And then we cut to... It's the next morning. We see Fiona at another one of her odd jobs. This time she's got Liam with her because she's coming to clean motel rooms. And once again, it's her filling in for another coworker because her coworker's got to go take care of her kid. And the coworker is like, thanks for covering for me. The boss isn't going to care. These are the rooms that are done. I'm going to make tamales and drop them by your house later. We love it. We love women we love supporting that. women. Like, and Liam's just chilling in, like, the laundry cart, and, like, she's just going room to room, and then they get a whole meal out of it. Like, we love got, that. She's got work to do, and she will bring the child care with her if she has to. So we have that little snippet, and then we cut to our very first visit to the Alibi Room. Yes! My favorite bar. And I think the outside of it remains the same through the series. The inside of it, they might have shot this in a real bar and then recreated it later for the series. <laughs> Either does that, it seem a bit different in the first season than it does it seems, to the other seasons? It seems different in the first episode. And I don't mm-hmm. know if it's the lighting was really dark or if they just recreated this bar as much as they could. But, like, the layout mm-hmm. of the bar is different than it is in the rest of the series. Mm-hmm. So they might have shot it in a real bar. I don't know. But, like, that's just pilot things. Like, that happens. Yeah, just pilot pilots. things. Everything is just a little bit off. Yeah. The Gallagher house remains the same. Sheila's house remains the same. But the alibi room changes just a little bit. Yeah. And I, what you mentioned about, like, the outside, I don't think the outside changes at all. And, like, I think in the later seasons, there's, like, a point where there's, like, construction going out outside the alibi. And Kevin's like, what the fuck? Yeah. And because, well, like, no one can get into the alibi. So I think it, I think the outside stays the same throughout all of it. I think the only thing that might change is, like, I think the way the alibi is now, it's, like, a double door situation. Like, you walk in one door, there's a little alcove, and then you walk in another door. I might be wrong, though. But yeah, I can't think off the top of my head. And plus, there's an upstairs to the alibi that could that's probably just set. Yeah. That's not even probably anything. And so this is where we see we see Kev's job. Kev is a bartender at the alibi and Frank is a drunk who is coming in mm-hmm. to get drunk. And he is cashing a disability check. Uh, and Kev's like, they haven't caught you yet, you entire scam artist. <laughs> and Frank's like, no, 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 they haven't yet. So Frank turns in his disability check to Kev and he's like, get me a beer. So Kev fills in Frank's tab, his outstanding tab and hands him back like $2. He's And Frank's like, what the fuck is this? He's like, that's what's left after I pay the bar what you owe it. And Frank's like, oh, well, and this, this is just another glimpse into what a scumbag Frank is. And he's like, well then start another tab and I'm going to get around for all my friends here who've just gotten laid off. 
And Kev's like, oh, are you really? And Frank's like, fuck you. No, I'm not. I, like, I hate Frank, but I also love him. <laughs> yeah, like, Frank has his moments. And this is where we learn a little bit more about Frank. Frank is a scumbag, and he's a, sh- and he's a drunk, and he's a liar. And that's what we learn in this scene, yeah. in this pilot episode. All right, so we're cutting back to the Gallagher house. It's a little later in the afternoon. Fiona is doing laundry, drinking out of a world's greatest dad mug. And she's adorable. She's leaning on the washer because it's doing that bouncing thing that broken washers do. And in comes Steve through the back door. Wait, he just likes to let himself in. He lets himself in. She's like, hi, okay, welcome, I guess. And she's trying to brush him off because she's embarrassed about the Frank thing. So she's like, yeah, whatever. You don't have to come around for a pity fuck. Get out of my house. And Steve, like, sort of plays around with it. And he says, just when you think you've collared your dream girl. And she is having none of it. It's not cuffing season, Steve. Calm down. Yeah. And then Lip walks in. And he and Steve calls Lip Philip. And, like, I want everyone to call Lip Philip. My favorite thing. <laughs> I can't imagine anyone calling Lip Philip. That's so funny. That's my favorite thing when people call Lip Philip. They're like, I am not, we're not friends. I'm going to call you <laughs> Philip. And uh, he, Philip is not putting up with Steve's bullshit either. Because Steve tries to give him, like, medical advice about not clenching your jaw. It'll buckle your hips, which will ruin your posture. And Lip's like, you know, if you talk out of your ass with that much conviction, you can have back problems, too. (laughs) (laughs) Lip is not here for the bullshit. And Fiona gets a little smile on her face, like, yeah, that's protective brother over there looking out for me. Fiona, once again, like, tries to let Steve down easy and push him out the door. So he leaves his number and he leaves. And now we're back to Lip walking in to Karen Jackson's house. I hate this scene. I hate this scene. Like... Your brother is so gay. He told you he was gay, and now you're trying to get Karen to blow him in her living room while you do. Yeah, like, you already established that your brother does not, like, vagina. So you know what you're going to do is you're going to bring him to the house of the girl that blew you under her dining room table. Like, I can't. Perfect thinking lip. Thank you, dude. It was, I hate this scene. Um, Also, Ian is baby. (laughs) Ian's always baby. So, and I have a note, Karen, why do you keep blowing your guests while your mom is cooking? Your parents are home. You're in the dining room. What yeah, are you- and that table isn't that, like, that table's completely exposed. Like, regardless of where you're standing on the ground floor of that house, you could 100% see underneath of that table. Yes. And so, and so Karen's dad walks in and he talks to Sheila. And this is where we learn that Sheila is a precious woman who just likes to cook her husband good lunches and she tries to flirt him a little bit. the first time we meet um, the dad? Yeah. And then the dad is just a total asshole to Sheila because the dad is an asshole. What's his name? I literally don't remember. I don't know. I just call him Karen's dad. <laughs> yeah. He's not that relevant. So. Yeah, no. He's an asshole who doesn't deserve Karen. And in all of the... Karen, or no, he picks up his lunchbox and knocks an apple over, and we get a very dramatic slow-mo <laughs> shot of the apple falling to the ground because he goes over and picks up the apple and sees his daughter on her knees under the dining room table because you're in the dining room. And he loses his mind, and we it's a fun little action sequence we get of the boys flipping the table and running around the house trying to get out. And, it's so funny. And we get that terrible special effect of Lip jumping out of the second story window, like so superimposed. 
it's it's so that was so dramatic and then like the way he lands and then he's like limping the entire time yeah. they have to run around the back and then they have to get their shoes from the front porch because they had to leave their shoes on the front porch and the dad <laughs> it's le- so messy the dad leans out the window and he's like the further you run the more i will kill you and it's terrible and we cut right back to the boys room where lip is laid up he sprained his ankle and fiona is not buying their bullshit story because Ian's like, ah, uh, yeah, there was there was an old lady, and there was the, the his foot got caught in the door on the L, and she's like, yeah, or you jump the turnstiles, you little shits. <laughs> and then V comes in, and she starts to help him out, and she sends Ian over to her house to get supplies. And then there's a knock on the door, and the boys freak out, and Fiona whips out mom voice. Mom voice comes out. She's like, oh, what have you done? What have you done? I love him. That's when they like scramble onto the bed and like lip tries to cover his leg. She's like, oh my God, you little assholes, like full mom mode for Fiona. And she goes downstairs. She thinks she's going to confront something stupid. And it's just a man delivering a new washer to their house. And she's like, what? We didn't pay for that. He's like, well, it's paid for and it's got your name on it. You want it? So they are getting a new washer apparently. And then we cut to Ian walking into Kevin V's house to get all the supplies that V sent him over to get. It overwhelmed me. <laughs> yeah, the scene was a lot. And, like, keep in mind, Cameron Monaghan, the man playing Ian Gallagher, is 15 years old when they shot this. Which is why in, like, the early seasons, Ian doesn't have any sex scenes because the actor was not 18 years old. So they couldn't yeah. do any sex scenes. Uh, so he walks in and he gets the smokes off of uh, the top of the TV just like V told him to. And he goes to turn around and Kev, who is asleep in the bed, rolls over. He is fully nude. And now his dick is out. out. Big floppy dick just out. And And like he he rolls over and it literally like like flops over. And I was like, oh my God. Yeah. They wanted us to know Kev was packing apparently. Because it just They really did. They wanted us to know that B was having a great time. So Ian's eyes get all wide, and then he turns away because he's an embarrassed little teenage boy. And Kev makes him give him a cigarette before he takes the rest of them out of the house. But like that, and was then he good. makes him light it too. Yeah, but that was so good. After Ian being like forced to get a blowjob that he didn't want, he walks in and he just sees big dick energy and like, oh, you're gay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're gay. You're so gay. Um. So yeah, we've established Ian is gay. He's got the supplies. It goes back to the house and the washer is getting installed. And all of them are like, where the fuck did this come from? And the washer had roses in it with a note from Steve. Steve bought them a washer. This just kind of like, oh, this just starts painting the portrait of who Steve is as a person. Yeah, I feel like like the washer is a big kind of like, Oh, like, it just kind of, like, opens the door of what this man is fucking capable of. Yeah. Like, like, you think it's so innocent, like, oh, he knew they needed that, so he bought it for them. No, 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 just wait. (laughs) Now we've gotten the clues. He drives a fancy car. He's got a big old fancy watch. He could just buy a girl a washer, like, like it's a bouquet of flowers. Like... So that starts painting the image of who he is, too. Yeah, we're learning a little bit more about Steve. (laughs) Uh, and so the washer get in, gets installed and we go to the Jackson house again. And Karen's dad is a Bible thumping asshole. He's quoting the Bible. He's stomping all around, collecting his clowns. Cause all the clowns in the house were his apparently. 
Yep, he loves clowns. Fucking loves his clowns. And he's collecting all the clowns from the house, and he leaves. He's like, fuck you, I'm out! Because he's done with his wife's bullshit, he's done with his slutty daughter. He's off. And I wrote, fuck off with your clowns. And Karen agrees with me, because she throws one of his clowns through the front window. She's like, get the fuck out of my house. Yeah, she, like, yells some, like, nasty shit at him. Yeah. She's like, you know what? If you want to leave, leave. Just get the fuck out of here. We don't need you, dad. And then, so we cut back to Fiona is back at work, and she's uh, cleaning her motel room. Liam's just chilling on on the bed in the dirty motel room. (laughs) And she's on the phone with Steve, and another thing that paints a picture of Steve, Steve's walking through a body shop for some reason. What are you doing at a body shop, Steve? Why are you yeah. around all these cars with these mechanics? And Fiona's like, we don't need the washer. It's on the porch. And he's like, is it? And she's like, it's not my favorite color. And he's like, so you tried it. And they hang up. And, like, it's very, <laughs> funny, it's very cute. And, like, again, their chemistry is off the charts. It's Fiona and Steve are so sweet. So then we cut to the convenience store, the cash and grab. Started. Uh, run I by like- Cash <laughs> Cash Karib, I think his last name is, and his wife Linda. And this is where Ian works. <laughs> no, I can't. Ian works at this cash and grab, and it's a just a little convenience store run by this Muslim couple in the South Side. And it's like super in the city, like it's like right by like the. It's right the by the trip. L. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so, and the wife is nagging the husband. She's like, you're eating pork rinds. Please go to mosque. Your, fa- your father thinks that I'm ruining the family. Like, can my you please favorite, get your but shit together? My favorite thing about this is that, so Cash is a, a Muslim guy, but his wife is a white woman wearing a hijab. Yeah, a white woman <laughs> who converted to, to the Muslim faith to be with Cash. And Cash, nah! And then Cash is just... And nasty, nasty. Yeah, like he he doesn't treat her well, but she also doesn't wasn't written very yeah. Like well this scene either. tries to paint her as like a nagging wife, and she's like, "Can you please do the bare minimum for me, please? That's all I want. I'm gonna take our children to the mosque and to soccer practice. Could you not eat pork rinds and please call your mother?" Like, <laughs> and she was like, "Or stock this or something." Like it just kind of paints her as like a control freak, and Cash doesn't do jack shit. Like, yeah. Ash is like the is the bad one in this scenario. His wife is doing everything. Yeah. So I I stand Linda. I'm here for Linda. But so this is Ian. Ian thinks everything is so funny and he gets along with the two of them because they both talk back and forth with Ian. So this is how we've established this is what Ian does for a job. He works at the cash and grab with these two. And that store that in your back pocket for later. And Ugh. then we cut <laughs> to nighttime at the Gallagher house again. So now it's been, I think, three or four days. In the in the lifespan of the show, it's been mm-hmm. three or four days, and we're like forty five minutes into the pilot. It's nighttime at the Gallagher house again. Fiona is up late. Uh, she grabs a sippy cup, so it's probably because Liam got up, and that's why she's awake. Um, Frank is passed out on the floor, and Ian is throwing pieces of paper into his mouth. And this oh, is yeah, I love this scene. It's one of my favorite Ian and Fiona scenes, and throughout the seasons, it is one to call back to. To, like, I don't actually think that the writers had enough forethought to actually be laying any groundwork in this scene. But if you watch further seasons, you go back to this scene and, like, a bunch of stuff starts to click in your head. And it's very sweet. And we find out that uh, Ian thinks that Frank hates him. And Fiona's like, it's just because you look more like mom than the rest of, than the rest of us. 
And that's the very first mention of their mom out of that so far out of the entire, like, first episode. It is. It really is. Except for, like, I think a, when he mentions that Liam looks like his first sponsor, he's like, the wife and him were tight. Like, this is the first thing that we get, like, oh, yeah, Ian, you look like mom, and that's why Frank doesn't really like you that much. So now we get a sense that there's contention between Frank and the mom, and where is the mom, and what's going on with her? And Ian says, oh, yeah, he ain't seen nothing yet. And, like, my heart breaks, and I can't say anymore. I'm going to move on. I just want to protect this precious boy. And so Fiona's like, did he give you money for the for the field trip? And Ian says no. And so she shakes some change out of Frank's pockets uh, <laughs> uh, to pay. She just him. goes rooting through him and just, like, pulls out, like, a couple bills. Yeah. And then Ian says the line... She she basically says that all she wants is to be needed, and Ian says, "Jesus, Fiona, if all you want is to be needed, then congratulations, you got yourself yourself a job for life with this Joker." And that's like the ethos of the show, right there. Is Fiona Fiona needs to take care of everybody because Frank can't and won't. So Ian goes to bed, and then we get to see Emmy Russum do her first ugly cry. Yes, she's the <laughs> best ugly crier. I love her ugly cry face. It's so beautiful. It's she's so realistic because no one just looks like beautiful when they cry. Like, no, bitch, it's snotty, it's gross. Your face will do whatever it wants. Your face splits in half, your mouth gets all big, there's teeth. It's terrible. It's great. I love the way that Emmy Russell ugly cries. It's beautiful. I love it. So she she bites it back though, and then she like mimes Frank, giving herself a pat on the back because she just needs a little congratulations. I'm like, oh my god, my heart breaks for her. Because that moment just, like, makes me sad because, like, all she wants is just kind of, like, the acceptance from her father because, like, she's being mother and father to all these kids. And yet her actual father is just there not being who he's supposed to be. It just, like, hurts because, like, this poor girl does everything. Like, all she wants is a thank you. That's all she wants. She just wants a thank you from these people. And... So she goes to bed, and then we get to see the only other appearance of Debbie in this episode, I think, besides the final scene. Debbie comes down and puts a puts a little pillow underneath Frank's head. So that's because he's on the ground, right? And she calls, yeah, she calls him daddy and says good night to him. So like Debbie's still got a little piece of her heart here for Frank, and that's what we learn yeah. about Debbie in this scene. She's so young too, so like it makes a lot of sense why it like she still is like basically up Frank's ass. Yeah. It's just because he's still so little and stuff. And like, she just, that's her dad. So, yeah. and clearly whatever happened with the mom only happened, I guess a few months ago. Cause Liam is only a few months old. Like, so whatever yeah, happened with like, her mom couldn't I, have happened that long ago. Because I never even really branch when she left or like where she really went. It kind of just picked up of where she was at that moment when she comes into the show and stuff like that. Yeah, so she finally, like, she she obviously hung around long enough to have Liam. But like, yeah. I wonder how much longer she stayed and how much longer they were a family unit that Debbie remembers before before the split. Because like, regardless, they seem like they already have like such a routine of all of their like living situations and their jobs and stuff. So like, it makes me think like, well, how long has she been gone? Like, exactly. where did, cause like, it seems like they're already pretty far into their rut of being on the South side. If that makes any sense. Yeah. Like, they like, already are pretty 
far past the poverty line. They're already struggling quite a bit. So like, was it her leaving that kind of was the downfall to all of them to live that way? Yeah, like how like, long have have they been in this throw the shoebox on the table, fill it up for the electric bill? How long have they been in this routine? And how yeah. long have they been without their mom? Like what's And they obviously know like how much they need for certain things or like they can't do certain things or they like, have to do certain things. So like it just makes you think because it's very unanswered. <laughs> yeah. So that little glimpse of like tiny like child Debbie taking care of her drunk passed out father and it's such a contrast to fiona being like you're a drunk little shit and all i want from you is a thank you fuck you i'm going to bed and then debbie like can i daddy like the- it shows you that she still has her innocence yeah she does okay so it's the next morning we're flying through time in this pilot uh it's the next morning fiona calls steve and she's like, all right, you know what? If it wasn't bullshit that you've been watching me forever, tell me what I was wearing the first time you saw me. And then we get this beautiful flashback of her and her gold earrings in the club. And he's describing her. her with me. He's describing to her what she was wearing. And it's very sweet. And then he's like, and you, and there was this girl next to you, this girl with red hair that you were dancing next to. And, she's, and she immediately forgets all of the nice things you just said and goes, okay, so you were looking at her because she's a lot prettier than me. And he's like, dear Lord, woman, you are work. And he's like, he's like, I don't care about Jenna. Jenna dances for an audience. You dance like there's no one else in the room. And then the the wonderful Steve line, you make me want to enjoy my life again. That's so cheesy. It's, but like, also, I'm eating it up. Yeah. <laughs> and again, through this wonderful, like, build of a relationship exchange we get, Steve is in a car wash. So once again, he's in a car related thing. And this is so little bit more snippets of Steve. And then when the conversation sort of veers off like or or hangs in the air, that sounds like they are about to meet up. We cut to Steve running down the street to get to the L. But like, boy, weren't you just in a car? Yeah, where, where'd that car go? Yeah, hmm? where'd that car go? So he's running, running down the street and they meet each other at the L. And there's that wonderful shot of the train flying away and... And there's Fiona uh, and Steve. The iconic, like, they're both standing on either side of the platform. Yeah, which means they both paid to get up there. <laughs> Unless they jumped the turn. So they paid enough to walk up to the to the platform and dramatically look at each other. <laughs> <laughs> and they go downstairs and they go out to dinner. And she eats dessert like a child, which is so sweet. And uh, they're playing a fun little game. And he's like, all right, so I'm just going to say something out loud about myself. And you're going to tell me whether or not this is what you think of me. Uh, and again, we're worth noting, Emmy Russell is still not wearing a bra. At no point has she been wearing a bra during this nope, whole she doesn't need one. Not one bra. No, nowhere in this show. And he asked the question, why do the men all, I date always treat me like shit to her? Like in their, in their little game. And she gets all mad about it and goes and gets up to leave. And he convinces her to just wait outside while he pays the bill and then the editors start to have a little fun i i think this like um like scene i really like it the way like it's shot and stuff it like it's so smooth it's so oceans 11 it's so like (laughs) and and like what like while danny ocean is explaining the heist it's the pausing and the looking at the little details of like the thing that led to the end of the heist because we see him he asks the waitress, he's like, oh, the valet's going on break. And she hands him the valet jacket and, she, and he slips her some money. And they he walks outside and he hands Fiona his jacket and he valets the car. It's so, the editing is so fun. They had a good time it, in this scene. It's so, like, 
it like it's so smooth like it happens so fast and it like takes you a second you're like wait what because like it just like he she he tells her to go outside so like he's obviously trying to keep whatever's about to happen like under the table Mm. so like he gets the jacket then he gets slipped some keys and then does he hand someone else a pair of keys on um, outside too and then he hops in the car that pulls up the guy the guy that pulls up hands him hands in the keys to the car and steve's like i'll take care of that for you and he jumps in the car (laughs) and then we get yeah shit i forgot about that because the other valet guy is the one bringing the car to the front yeah so, like, up until this moment in this little conversation that Fiona and Steve were having, we pretty much get the gist that Fiona isn't used to being with, like, a nice, good guy, and she thinks Steve is just a nice, normal, good guy, and that off that puts her off. And then he drives away in the car and gives her a call, and he's like, yeah, I buy and sell cars, but, like, I don't buy the cars, is what's happening. <laughs> and she gets a little look on her face. She likes this. <laughs> she likes car thief steve she's very into this suddenly he's not so boring anymore she's very yeah, suddenly she's like up on his dick oh she's into it and she jumps in the car and now we're in the next morning again it's day five i think in this in this episode There's so much time happens in the first season so much i mean the first episode yeah so Lip is over at Karen's house helping fix up the broken window. And Sheila, poor little Sheila, is pacing back and forth because, like, they're wearing their shoes. And Karen's like, Mom, there's broken glass. Like, we have to wear our shoes. And Sheila can't take it. And Karen tries to distract her. He's like, she's like, Mom, why don't you, like, get us a drink or something? And Sheila's like, you, you, want, a, you want a gin fizz? You want a, you want a martini? <laughs> she's I love her. She's just trying to distract herself because like about because of her husband leaving. Yeah, she's having a full breakdown. And like Karen is actually very sweet with Sheila in the first episode. Yeah, but then but like yeah, I feel like in the first episode everyone's a little bit nicer. Yeah. And then and then their personalities solidify. Um, yeah. But Sheila's like, I'll get you guys a beer. And she's very excited to be in hostess mode. And that is where she's most comfortable, and we love that for Sheila. And uh, Lip and Karen are, like, boarding up the window, and Lip asks if Ian got hard. And she's like, you ever try to play pool with a rope? And, like... (laughs) I love that. That's so funny. Lip, your brother's gay. (laughs) No, dude, she's fucking gay. Like, of course he didn't get hard. He's so gay. (laughs) Meanwhile, at the Gallagher house, Frank has woken up from the floor nap he was taking, and he's just noticed there's a new washer. And, like, another fun camera decision, there's a shot from inside the washer of, of him just, like, peeking in. <laughs> him putting on this broken pair of glasses that he has hanging on his shirt and inspecting the washer. Like, what? And, like, this is the most sober and put together we've seen him so far in the He's just so amazed by the new washer and dryer. <laughs> yeah, he, like, looks around like he, like he thinks he's in the wrong house because he sees a new appliance. <laughs> And then we cut to the cash and grab where Lip is returning tools he borrowed. And while he's making his way back to the unlocked back door, we hear grunting. And then the sound of clothes being pulled up. And then Cash and Ian are scrambling out of the back, wearing each other's shoes. And because they each have like one shoe on, yeah. like a, each other's. And Lip puts puts things together because Lip had come to return tools he borrowed from Cash. And then he's standing there and he's putting two and two together. And he's like, oh, Ian is fucking this guy. And like, Lip, go to the authorities immediately. Please. Yeah. Cash- no, regardless, it's your brother. Cash is a, 
pedophile. He's a pedophile. He's a full adult having sex with a 15-year-old boy. Like, and my favorite thing about that is that cash is a bottom. Cash is a bottom. <laughs> Ian Gallagher is a top, was a top, and will always be a top. Ian Gallagher is the superior top. He is, yeah, he is. <laughs> Even at 15, that man be hitting it. Yeah, this 15-year-old was fucking this 30-year-old in his place of employment. Like, ugh. Every I time- want to know the build-up to them actually, like, getting together. Yeah, how much did Cash body. groom him first? Yeah, um, did Cash groom him? Was it Ian just, like, my dick hard, let's go? Or yeah. was it, like, kind of, like, I don't know. It's just so weird to think about, because, like, how'd they even get to that point regardless? Yeah. Because Mans is married, two kids, Ian's a 15-year-old little bo- twink boy, like, yeah. And regardless, uh, Cash is a pedophile. Cash is a pedophile. pedophile. Cash is a pedophile. Also worth noting, the set for the cash and grab, I think, is different, too. Because the way that back is set up is different than the way the back is for the rest of the series. So I think that might have been a different set. Yeah, because they were, like, because then later in the season, there's, like, it's the freezer in, yeah. like, the corner. Yeah. So the, the set's a little bit different, just like the alibi room is a little bit different. But whatever they rebuilt, it's, like, almost perfect. The way yeah, rebuilt it's it. just like a couple things seem off, but like regardless, like the smallest changes happen. Yeah. So Lip looks at their shoes because the, each of them is wearing each other's shoe. He puts two and two together and he goes, oh, you're fucking him. And he pushes past them and he leaves and Cash drops what he's holding because he's like, oh, my God, I've been found out because I'm a pedophile. Mm, I can't. I can't with fucking Cash. And I feel so bad for the actor because now I can't see that actor in anything without immediately hating him. <laughs> I don't think I, I personally have seen him in other He was things. in he was in Bones. And uh, oh. I truly watched Bones because Noel Fisher is in one episode in the fourth season. <laughs> I watched four seasons of Bones. <laughs> Just for that one Noel episode. Yep. I love that. But yeah, so he's he's like a reoccurring character in Bones, and like his character in Bones is a good guy, but it was like, mm. oh, but you're cash and I hate you. I hate you. Uh so yeah, Lip Lip should be mad because his brother's being paid preyed upon by a pedophile. Because we cut that. Like at that scene, you like it you in, like you really can't tell if Lip is mad at the fact that he's gay or if he's mad at the fact that it's cash or like who knows about another scenario because like it kind of just like he's angry and then they're both like shit yeah but we find that out in the next scene because we cut back to the boy's bedroom at night so i guess that's after ian shift or whatever and mm-hmm. ian comes in and lip is like he is married with children did he buy you shoes ian what else did he buy you like Oh, yeah, I forgot about the shoes because, like, Ian every now and then would come back with, like, a new jacket or, like, a new pair of shoes or, like, a cute little accessory or something. Yeah. And and Lip's like, what the fuck, man? That's He's married with children. What else did he buy you, Ian? Like, he is... Uh, this is the only, like, slightly righteous, like, yes, you should be mad. This man is preying on your younger brother. And Ian, Ian thinks it makes everything uh, equal because he buys him socks. He buys cash socks tickets and CDs because he wants cash to like the same things that he likes. But he's not going to like the same things that you like because he is a man and you are a child. Literally. And like they, they fight back and forth and they like sort of make up with each other. But like it's still disgusting and... 
I it's still it. really tense, but like, yeah, with, like, like it really can't do anything about it. Like Ian Chase's lip out of the room, but like I hate it, I hate it, I hate it, I hate it, I hate it so much. Poor little Ian, I fucking hate it so much. I love Ian. <laughs> anyway. So it's the same night Fiona brings Steve home because now she's all horned up from the car stealing. Mm. <laughs> she's very into it. And so she isn't there like a montage of them like in the convertible just like driving around? Oh, I don't think so. Not in the copy I have. Not in that one? Okay, then I'm probably thinking of like another scene. Probably, yeah, later, later on. Yeah, mm. So she brings Steve home. She's like, oh, I think everybody's quiet and like they want to fuck. But Frank is awake and he's sitting cross-legged on top of the washer because like i have the lights off and then they turn them on and he's just sitting there yeah who's been eating my porridge like this is possibly this is possibly the funniest frank is in the series is in this scene like episode one frank is a character i enjoy yeah he's like so like lively and like you learn that he's a dick but also like he's also just trying to have some fun yeah so he, like, steals Steve's keys, and he's like, Steve, give me your coat. I think that'll fit me. And, like, Fiona is, like, in a good enough mood that she's not even mad at Frank, and she's just going with it. Yeah. And so they go in the living room, and they start to, like, roll joints and drink, and Frank is rambling on and on, and you can tell that it's stories he's told a million times before, because Fiona's like, yeah, but if I had tits, like, telling Frank's side of the conversation. <laughs> and it's actually kind of really sweet. I really like this scene. Of Steve, like, holding his own against Frank and Fiona just getting to sit there and enjoy it. Like, it's actually a really sweet scene. Yeah, they have, like, a lot of, like, good banner and, like, none of it's, like, it doesn't get bad fast normally. Like, normally when we have, like, a nice scene, it you get it for two seconds and then it goes chaos. But, like, this one, like, we get a good amount of time of, like, everyone just, like, chilling and going off each other. Yeah, and then through Frank's drunk ramblings, we learn a little bit more about the Monica situation and about what's going on with Frank and the, and the kid's mom. And, like... Is that the first time they say Monica's name? Oh, I don't even know if they do. Sorry, spoiler alert. Their, spoiler. their, their mother's name is Monica. Uh, Monica. <laughs> But yeah, this we learn a little bit more through his rambling stories that uh, a little bit more about the mom and Fiona's like just sort of sitting there letting it happen and she tries to cut him off a few times I think because uh, she's like dad dad don't talk about that dad don't say that and because she's trying to I guess reel back the crazy but like yeah. girl Steve has seen this much you think he's going anywhere um, and then there's a knock on the back door and she's like, dad, give Steve the keys right now. So you could tell she's like a little bit worried that it's the cops or something because of the stolen car. But it's just Kevin V coming in the hey, back door. my favorite people. It's Kevin V like, turn this shit off. If you're going to stay up late and make all this noise, you have to blast music we like. And it's Shots. <laughs> it is the song Shots. The song that when I was in middle school, I like danced around to at the skating rink. Like, this is so 2011. I can't handle it. Like, especially with the music, it shows a lot like when the show was shot. Yeah, shots <laughs> is like, oh my God. Yeah, that that music was a choice. But now they're all Steve and Fiona and V and Kev and Frank are just getting crunk in the living room on, like, on like a weeknight, just chilling. Like, and the... That you get a shot from the outside of the Gallagher house of the lights just like blasting, <laughs> and like it's a it's a very cute scene. And then the next morning, this is day five, I think, is the next morning. St- Fiona and Steve wake up in bed together, and they have a very sweet little interaction. And then you hear 
like a little rustling and she's like Liam is in the bed here somewhere just so you know because <laughs> yeah, like he was trying to like make a move or like put it in or whatever and she was like nope <laughs> baby on board Le- Liam's in here somewhere uh and like it's very soft it's very sweet and I, at this point I love Steve for her I love Steve mm-hmm. for her so Lip goes into his room and he sees Carl with Sharpie chest hair all over himself. I fucking, like, my favorite thing about Carl is that it takes a while for him to actually be in the show, if that makes any sense. Like, yeah. we really don't learn anything. But, like, all of his little cutscenes are him just, like, walking during a scene. Like, that shit gets me. Like, he is so funny. <laughs> yeah, like, Le- for real, Liam is in more of this episode than Carl and Debbie are. Because Liam yeah. is, like, picked up by Fiona and towed it around. But, like, Carl and Debbie get, like, a few lines in this episode but yeah carl with the sharpie chest hair (laughs) i love carl it tells you a little bit about carl right there and uh yeah right i I guess i never really realized how little carl and debbie are in the episode i guess they're not really Mm. in season one that much because you can't film that long with actual children yeah there's like a like a there's some limit or whatever like you can only work children actors for so long yeah so regardless the amount of scenes they work are like we're nothing, though. Yeah. So Lip takes Ian's porn stash and finds Ian in the backyard van. This is the first time we get to see the backyard van that they I have. love that van. That van was so cool. They just have a broken down, like, VW van in their backyard that they chill in. And Ian is sitting there listening to music, being all brooding and emo and teenage boy. Um, yeah, he is. And then Lip comes in and throws the porn at him again. And he opens it up. He's like, how can this be good for you? Like, talking about butt sex and, like... I don't know. Ask Kev because we saw Kev getting pegged in the first thirty seconds of this show. What a king! Uh, so they're talking about sex, and it, you can see the tension lightning within them. Like Lip doesn't actually have a problem with it; he just didn't understand. Um, although we need to talk more about the cash situation, but I guess we're glazing over that because Lip asks if cash was Ian's first, and Ian goes, "No, Roger Spikey." Which is apparently a neighborhood boy with an enormous penis. Yeah, like, I, that part like they just kind of like throw it in and yeah. then really like but care that, about it. That Roger, that donkey dick Roger Spikey name has been thrown into fan fictions across the land <laughs> for young season one Ian. And I love how like the one time things are mentioned and then people use that in fix they're like they hold on to that and use it for everything like that's a personality trait now that's that's his forever like really we don't he said it once um because once again there's another scene there's another line in this that the fandom loves to use and like i'm not shitting on the fandom i am in the fandom i have made the fan videos i've written the fan fiction i am not shitting I've on read anything. quite a bit and you sent me quite a bit <laughs> yeah I've written a bunch, I've made a bunch of videos, like, I'm not shitting on anybody, but, like, this is another line that gets used in, like, all the fan videos between Lip and Ian. Lip's line, name a single time I've let you down. Like, it gets used to death. But yeah, and Lip asks about butt sex, and Ian doesn't answer him, he just kind of laughs uh, about it, because we don't know yet that Ian Gallagher is a top. Yeah, and, like, I really like this scene because it kind of just shows that, like, the reason Lip was so fucking mad, it was just because, like, the whole cast situation. He never, like, showed that he was, like, homophobic or anything. He just was like, yo, first of all, you didn't tell me, so I had to find out by seeing you guys bone in the back of your store yeah. and then find porn and stuff. So I guess it was just kind of, like, 
it was the anger he found was, the porn. All, was all from just he like they didn't tell him i guess yeah, like he, he found the porn he took him to karen's because he's a teenage boy and he didn't understand and he's like how can you be sure and then the cash thing did not help the situation yeah it did not at all yeah so like he comes around to the gay thing but like lip you should be more angry about the cash thing please yeah definitely definitely he should be more mad about that but it just it just shows that like he just cares about his brother he yeah. doesn't really care about what's going on he just like obviously cares for his brother and just wants him to like talk to him yeah that gallagher stick together creed that comes up over and over again throughout the series so leon and ip leon and ip it's getting to that point we're almost at the end (laughs) ian and lip get out of the van they come into the house and steve is preparing a big old breakfast for everybody because debbie asked for breakfast because isn't it debbie's birthday and the whole family's like whoa 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 you've been conned it is not her birthday (laughs) and it's and uh steve is like oh yeah no i guess i misheard that uh I got a weird thing in my inner ear. Like he tries to cover it and it's very cute. And so they're all just like we began the episode, all of them sitting around a bowl of cereal, being the Gallagher family. We're ending the episode, all of them sitting around this huge breakfast, talking over each other and fighting like 15 minutes before school. And you got to do the dishes and you got to take the trash out. And Steve brushes a drunk passed out Frank off on the floor and sits down at the table and joins the family for breakfast. (laughs) And like, it's a nice little bookend End to end, Gallagher sticking together is the theme of this show, and that's how we fade out of the first episode. And that was it. That wow. was the first episode. Look at that. Yeah, and the song that plays at the end is "The Way We Get By" by Spoon, and like it was a good, it was a good song. Uh, but I'm looking forward to the next episode when we get to hear the theme song for the first time. But okay, that's a good song. Final thoughts. Looking back on the first episode, like. Did you feel any different watching it now than you did the first time you watched it? And also, how many times have you watched this particular episode or the first season or whatever? Um, personally, I I, def- I definitely felt a lot different watching it again because I watched probably like the pilot episode probably four years ago, four or five years ago. And like it obviously stuck with me because I was like, cool, new show. Let me just watch it for a new show. So like I watched it just being like a blind eye. But, like, after watching a lot of the series and talking about the series and stuff, watching it again, I, like, it shows, it, like, it opens your eye a lot. It kind of, like, foreshadows, like, really subtle things and, like, it makes you like the characters a little bit more and stuff like that because, like, you already experienced everything with them and just kind of just going back to the beginning being like, damn, that's how they started them off. And, like, look how much they've grown or how much they suck now or how great they are, like, it astounds me and like I love it, but I personally haven't really. I feel like this is only like the third time I've watched the pilot episode. I've watched a lot of the later seasons. Like I, I rewatch more of the later season stuff, like um, more so Mickey stuff, <laughs> of course. Like oh I, yes, a little bit I, of a teaser. Two more episodes until we get to meet the iconic M- Mickey Mouse. Um, iconic. but yeah, so more so like I like. Once I got into the show, I had a little more preference of, like, what time period of the show that I really liked and which I didn't. So, like, I think season five was my favorite, I think. I can agree for the most part with season five. Is that that nightclub? Is that nightclub time? Is that season five? Um, Like, Ian nightclub time. That's more season four. 
That's more season four. Okay, yeah. then I like season like season four, season five are like my go to. Yeah. But so yeah, I I used to be the person that like until season five happened. Uh, this is when people. This is the point where people who have seen the entire series can start to relate to what we're saying. Uh, sorry, I'm going to try to remain spoiler free. But, um, as much as we can. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I was the person that after every season ended, I would go back and rewatch the whole season before the new season started. And I did that for the first, the first five seasons. Like I would, when the new season was about to air, I was like, time for my shameless binge. And I would do- I did that with like Stranger Things. <laughs> I, I used, I did that for Grey's Anatomy like once a year, pretty much. And that's a lot. <laughs> that's like what, like 14 seasons? 15, 15 now. Uh, They're airing the oh 16. But yeah, so I, all of my college roommates can attest. I have seen this episode many, many, many times. I forced <laughs> it down their throat quite a few times. <laughs> and yeah, I- I love it just as much as I loved it the first time. Cause I remember watching it and going like, this is going to be my new favorite show. And like, I watched it in the living room with my parents on the night that it aired. And I was like, this is going to be my new favorite show. I can feel it in my bones. And of course I immediately, Ian was my favorite character, but I did not know yet that I was about to meet Mickey Milkovich, but that's, that's two episodes from, from now. But yeah. And looking back on it now, like this is the shameless that I, that I fell in love with this. Yeah. This is the shameless that I fell in love with. This is the everything that I need it to be. I need new writers coming on for the new seasons to go back and just watch the first episode again. And yeah. just remember what the show was supposed to be and try to bring it back as much as you can to that. Instead yeah. and like and it's worth noting that in the first five seasons like this first season, Shameless was qualified as a drama. And the first five seasons, it was qualified as a no, the first four seasons it was qualified as a drama. Like when they submitted it to Golden Globes, it would be in like the drama department. Mm -hmm. uh, and then in season five, they changed over to comedy. And that's when you can see the tone change a little bit of yeah. the whole show. Because, and it's because they, this came out around the time of, I think like Breaking Bad and it's when Game of Thrones started and mm -hmm. suddenly winning in the drama competition got a lot fucking harder yeah. Which is why they switched over to comedy. But, like, I like that it was drama because it was, like... Because then when the comedy moments came in, it was a light little, oh -ho! And, like, it was a moment you got to escape from the heaviness. And the heaviness is where the meat, it's where the flavor is in this show. That's where you get all the angst and you get all the drama and you get all the information or, like, anything. Like, those comedy moments are good because it, like, as you were saying, like, it gives you, like a little lighthearted moment from everything else you just experienced or witnessed. Yeah, instead of the opposite later, just like slapstick comedy everywhere and then a bummer of a scene and then more slapstick comedy. Like That, that, that sort of happens in a later season. It just kind of like makes you sit a bit weird because you're like, I'm just sad now. Because like when you're having this comedy, like when you're told it's a comedy and it's like be, trying to be progressive as a comedy and you get like a moment, like I'm not going to say a moment, Anything, yeah. and you get one of those moments and you're just like i'm i'm these other funny things are not gonna make me feel better <laughs> yeah because i need to sit in my sadness now for a little while like yeah that's why you mask it with all sadness and a little bit of happy because yeah. when you get that happy it's be it's the best <laughs> yeah so uh who is your favorite after this first episode just from the first episode who is your favorite gallagher right now gallagher okay I, from the first episode, I think it's always been a tie between Lip and Ian for me. 
Mm. But if I had to choose not a Gallagher, Steve all the way. Oh, yeah, I was going to ask your favorite non-Gallagher. I think, yeah, I mean, it might be Sheila just from this first episode. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I think I'm biased just because I know, but... uh, I think that's, that's I'm, I'm also biased because I have such a history with Steve. Yeah. So like, I just like, I've always loved him. Yeah. Like, even though like later seasons and stuff, like obviously things happen and stuff like yeah. with everyone and everyone's characters, but like Steve as a whole has always had my art. <laughs> yeah. I love, I love me some Sheila. Kevin Sheila's V are so great, good. but I love me some Sheila. I think in this first episode, even though I love my little tiny baby gay Ian, Fiona is probably my favorite character. Fiona is and always has been the heart of this show. No matter how much they tried to make it Frank, it's Fiona. Fiona is the heart of the show. It's about Fiona. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, first episode, Fiona is absolutely my favorite character. And so, yay, that's it for the first episode. Uh, You can follow, everybody can follow the Luck We Had pod on Instagram, on Twitter, you can email the luck we had pod at gmail.com for anything that you guys want to contribute, uh, your questions or your comments, or you want to point me towards a cool fic that I might like or whatever. Whatever you want to hey, say, yo. please luck we had pod at gmail.com, luck we had pod at Instagram and Twitter. Evan, do you have anything that you would like to plug? Your TikTok, perhaps? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, you could follow me on Instagram or TikTok as we I've been using a lot recently. <laughs> um, it's just I want to die 4,000. I promise I'm happy <laughs> and I'm great. I just can't change this username because I've gained too many followers with that. Yeah, public service <laughs> announcement. Can people please stop reporting Evan's posts? It happens far too often. Dude, it happens so much. Like, I'm finally happy for once and everyone's like, don't kill yourself. But I'm like, I'm fine. <laughs> yes, my username is I want to die, but leave me alone. Yeah, so I feel like my username is a bit misleading. But yeah, so you can follow me on Instagram or on TikTok with that. And then... um if you want to follow my personal, it's uneventful, like un- uneventful, but spelled with the name Evan. <laughs> there you go. All right. Thank you so much for joining me for this very first episode of my podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It's literally an honor. Like me and you and Shameless have such a history that like, I'm, I'm so grateful. <laughs> I know it was such, I'm so happy that I got to do this with you because I knew you'd have as much passion about these, about these folks that I do. Yes, this was so course. much fun. Despite any technical difficulties we had today, this was so and my much dog fun. barking <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> I enjoyed this so much. Thank you so much, Evan. Thank you so much for having me. It was an honor. Yay. Okay. And goodbye everybody. We'll see you next week or whenever I post this. <laughs> <laughs> goodbye. Goodbye.